you're back for another episode of Deadbeats, Divorces, and Dividends. I've got someone in my purple chair who's ready to chat with us about finances and real estate. So glad to have you as a part of our D3 community. Let's jump in. Right. So hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is episode three of Deadbeats, Divorces, and Dividends, your weekly stop for all things real estate and finance for women. Um, so as always, not here to bash our guy friends, but um, you know, have some great things to share w- for women to empower them in the financial field. So today in my purple chair, I'm so excited to welcome Amanda Sauter. So hi, Amanda. Hi. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having um, and me. And if I'm mispronouncing it, let me know, but you're with Wysong Insurance Group, correct? It's Wysong Insurance Shop. Okay, but shop. You are, but Perfect. they are a group of people, so technically okay. you are correct. <laughs> I think I did a little Google with that and, and maybe <laughs> messed it up. But but yeah, I'm excited to have Amanda, so we'll get started here in a sec. Um, so before we get started here, I just wanted to take a second, um, our... Um, podcast community is really growing and I just wanted to say thanks to everyone. I've had an overwhelming response to the podcast so I hope, I think Amanda is going to be so fabulous today. So I'm so excited to share. No um, pressure. No, not at all, not at all, but I'm so excited Um, and thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's listened, sent me texts, sent me messages. Um, I'm really excited about what we're doing here with the podcast, so that's exciting. But as we start, Amanda, so I know, um, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to listen to the podcast and it's completely okay if you have not, because it's, I think it launched the day yesterday. Yesterday. And where, well, yeah. And, and <laughs> so to be completely fair, yeah. I did search for it a little bit yeah. this morning, yeah. but, but it just, I was having a hard time finding it's it. It's okay. And, Apple uh, Music has also given me a little bit of a fit right this second. Okay, that's so, who I yes, searched through because I have you have an to iPhone. be approved <laughs> and it just takes a little while on yeah. that. So, yeah. well, but what kind of what we do so, and I'm going to introduce you with what I know about you and then okay. you jump Jump in and tell me sure. if I'm absolutely off base or wrong with that. So I know you have an awesome husband named Robert yep. and fur babies. I love yes. your pictures of your dog shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good. Um, and you are like a true advocate for for sharing your story with others to kind of inspire and, um, you know, just kind of let people know they're not alone with stuff like that. And, and P.S. with that, you've been on national television sharing your story yes, as well, which is, is really true. cool. So hopefully we'll talk about that more here in a few minutes. Um, you're an awesome insurance agent. So I know professionally with me as a mortgage lender, I've gotten to refer clients to you and that kind of thing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And you are a master networker um, and just love to pour into others and kind of connect them and that kind of thing, which I think in a business like both of us are in is super duper important just to be out in your community and, you know, meeting people and learning what they're doing and and those kinds of things. So, yeah, absolutely. Was I way off base with? Nope. That is that is all correct. (laughs) You in a nutshell. Um, That's that is pretty much me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I know that one that's one of my questions is kind of to share a little bit of your story. So we'll definitely yeah. dive into that here. Um, and kind of my format for the podcast, too, which um, I know we're, uh, you know, I'm kind of a goofball and I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say you appreciate a goofball. Oh, my I gosh. I won't call absolutely. you a goofball, but, you know, I oh, <laughs> recognize no, I that. But <laughs> So um, I love chicken nuggets. So I have three nuggets that we're going to have kind of of what we're going to talk about. And then okay. we dip those nuggets deep in the sauce to, to kind of talk about what kind of sauce is it um it's usually barbecue for me but i Um, yeah well i'm out of here this has been fun (laughs) bye can't do it are you are you a ranch or honey mustard i I love barbecue sauce okay okay but no uh sweet and sour okay that's also a good one in the nug game yes 
I've been like, you know, eating McDonald's barbecue sauce my entire life. So I guess that's how it started. <laughs> but yes. Uh, well, to get into our nuggets here. So um, so I think, you know, life will not always go as planned, which a lot of us have experienced firsthand in all kinds of ways. That could be relationships, jobs, family, finances, you know, the pandemic, all the things that we've all experienced. So trying to protect yourself as much as possible from an insurance standpoint and just planning wise. Um, second nugget is in business. Um, don't discounting that somebody is looking for you. So I think that's um, something because in both of our industries, there are tons of mortgage lenders. There are tons of insurance oh agents gosh, out there. Yes. You trip over an insurance yes. agent. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it, but you have to find somebody that's going to connect with you. And that's not, you know, you know, your personality just you know if you know some people drive me crazy and just for them for them to be my insurance agent or for them to be my lender I'd say absolutely not you're driving right. me nuts you know I think that's right. that's very important and then the third nugget um, making sure that you regularly re regularly review review your insurance coverages um, life changes circumstances absolutely. change you know we'll I'll ask you more about that here in a minute but um, yeah so kind of take jumping in and taking that dip um, so the big question I've kind of alluded to. Will you tell us a little bit about your story and yeah. kind of how you got to be sitting here in this recording studio doing this podcast with Ab me today for <laughs> sure? Absolutely. Well, so I grew up in Newcastle, so that's mm -hmm. like a hop and a skip yep. from the studio. Absolutely. Yep. Um, grew up there, moved away to Indianapolis for about 10 years, and then ended up up in Warsaw, Indiana. Hey, of that's all, all right. Yeah, yeah. But I, I love it. I love my community. Mm -hmm. I have just fallen in love with that area. And it's not because these are people who can send me business. I fell in love with it because of what it is right. and, and who they are and the the fact that we can all work and play together. And, and it, it truly is. It's, it's sort of like taking what I loved about Newcastle, but mm -hmm. planting it around a hundred beautiful lakes. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. essentially what's yeah, happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that northern Indiana, um, you know, is, mm -hmm. is beautiful. And I think that speaks a lot because I always joke, like, whenever I travel, I never feel more Midwestern than when I'm, like, out west or on the east coast. Oh, the south sure. is not as much, but I just feel so – and I can't even describe to you what that feeling is. <laughs> but, I, but I love that because I think it's that, um, you know, I don't – I don't have a desire to live in a huge city or anything like that. Not that they're, you know, Indianapolis sure. is as big as we get around here, but, um, you know, that smaller and, you know, yeah. there's, there's, there's positives and negatives to the knowing everybody and, you know, that kind of a thing too, but there's a lot of positive with that. Well, yeah. if I said I didn't miss certain stores and restaurants, I'm I would sure. be fibbing, yeah. but yeah. no, I'm kind of like that too. When I have visited New York City, I am 100% this like Midwest Disney princess yes. walking around yes. there trying to pet people's dogs, yeah. trying to look at like the Smiling pigeons, yeah, people making on the direct street. eye contact, yes. which is apparently not a thing that you do when you live in New yes. York City. Yes. That's, a, that's an us thing. That's yes, a, that's absolutely. A thing. Absolutely. And yes, yeah, so, it's, it's funny when you get transplanted out of some place and you yeah. kind of feel that way, which <laughs> right. is, which is well, kind of cool. So then so. because I, I do kind of have that like kind look about me, I was always the mark for somebody who needed a quick four bucks to get back to Jersey. Oh, that's <laughs> so. funny. I thought you were going to say, because this happens to me, people always ask me to take their photos for them because oh, I look like oh, I'm yeah, not going to run off with yeah, their phone you or their camera. Like you could never yeah. steal a camera. <laughs> Exactly. My husband was like, oh, that's not that big of a problem. And then we were somewhere. He's like, oh, my God, every other person is asking you this. I'm like, hey, it, it is what it is. I, I would rather be a nice person than a uh, stay, you know, kids right. like, you know, moms like shuttling their kids away from me. I don't, don't want to be her there. children. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> 
Well, um, so let me ask you, I'm putting on your professional hat a little bit. So if we have a lady that, um, you know, and and maybe from an insurance standpoint, so she's got a deadbeat boyfriend. Yeah. Um, She's got, you know, just someone in her life. Maybe it's a family member. It doesn't even have to be a boyfriend um, that's financially draining to her. And and I know that goes into all kinds of emotions. And there's, you know, our families are probably the most complicated relationship that we have for sure. Um. Or she knows a divorce is coming or she's getting ready to file divorce. From an insurance standpoint, how would you recommend somebody, you know, taking a look at things, making sure they're covered, protecting themselves that way as much as possible? Absolutely. So kind of um, instead of delving right into the insurance pond for just a minute, Mm -hmm. just stepping out into like more the, I guess, financial services community at first is more just making sure she has her name on everything because okay. I went through a divorce. You know, marriage is so nice. I've done it twice. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> with my first marriage, I everything was in Sam's name, which is fine. Like, Sam, thank God. And I w- would tell any human this. He is a great man. Mm-hmm. But what if he wasn't? Right. You know, absolutely. And my, and my name wasn't on the house. My name wasn't on a lot of mm-hmm. different things that we went in on together that my funds went into. Mm-hmm. So just from a financial services standpoint, making sure that your name is on everything you have access to. Mm -hmm. If you have a joint checking account that your name is on there, you have access to it. And just basically making a plan for how can I be best covered as I move forward. Mm -hmm. So if it's a divorce situation and let's say she's going to go live in an apartment for Mm -hmm. a while, certainly things like making sure she has renter's insurance coverage, making sure... And a lot of people kind of poo-poo that a little bit, Mm -hmm. but really, you have no other way of protecting your contents if you have a fire. Because people like to say, well, the apartment complex has insurance. I'm like, yeah, they sure do for the building. For the walls and the (laughs) structure. They do not care about your TV and your dresses and 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 everything else. Am I correct? Like, renter's insurance is one of the most inexpensive types of insurance out there. Correct. I think when, and this has been, gosh, almost 20 years ago, but I think it was like $14 a month. And it's still right around there. I mean, it is not, and it, it... with insurance pricing, it all depends on rating and zip codes and your own, you know, credit score goes into it just a little sure, bit. Not sure. not terribly much, mm-hmm. but so it, uh, yeah, the, the pricing can be varied. However, you're right. It is so mm-hmm. inexpensive. It, it should not be any more than yeah. 30 bucks a month, I would say, to protect your contents, especially when you're in an apartment and right. you are sure. putting your full trust in your like neighbors sharing a yes. wall with you that they're yes. not going to be a dum-dum and light the place on fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, even that or like I know of... Um... I mean, several with this, we had some bitterly, bitterly cold weather over the Christmas yes. holiday and pipes were bursting. Uh, my own sister, actually, when she lived in an apartment, um, a pipe burst. She lived on the bottom floor, on the top floor, and everybody lost everything all the way down that building. And oh had goodness. she not had renter's insurance, yeah, you know, because she lost furniture and clothes and even food, you know, things uh, like that. Right. Like if you had to go completely restock your pantry. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize, and I just know this from hanging around a lot of insurance agents, but I mean, insurance will replace your toothbrush if you lose your right. tooth, you know, that if, kind of a thing. If so, you have, <laughs> yeah. if you have taken the proper steps, yes, if you've properly an agent covered and, and yes. got it, gotten it properly yeah. covered. Oh, but going back to 
the scenario that mm-hmm. you said of somebody who's maybe like looking down the road of yeah. divorce and, and how to get, um, you know, properly covered, not just the making sure that he or she, mm-hmm. depending Absolutely. on who it is, Absolutely. or they, yeah. are um, squared away with wherever they're going to be living in terms of coverage, but also making sure that the life insurance policy has been adjusted. Yeah. So if it was a marriage scenario and now there's children involved, mm-hmm. if... You know, like I'll use myself for an example. Right now, with without any kids that are ours, Robert is 100% beneficiary mm-hmm. on my life insurance policy. Yeah. But if we were having issues or looking down the road to divorce, I would make sure it's my children, or I would make sure it's a sister or somebody else who I trusted. Sure. That could take care. It's going to take care of that absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I will say, um, we I, I will share with my own family has had a situation like that. So I lost my mom and my grandfather within six weeks of each other last year, and my mom was my grandfather's sole beneficiary for everything. So all oh of his. So goodness. we've had a lot of going back and forth, and we discovered some policies that had never been updated from other children that he'd lost and you know that kind of a thing so it was and my dad and I are trying to go you know and of course none of the paperwork's in the right place at least I have a quasi brain for that sort of a thing but it was it was a headache and we're still we still have one policy we're trying to get settled and I mean my mom passed away June 1st so it's been and you know my grandpa passed away in April and it's January Mm -hmm. now so you know almost a year later we're still messing with it so I I'm, I'm with you on that because and that I think even goes back to not necessarily a divorce, but, you know, none of us know what's going to happen. I, exactly. You know, I could pull out of here and get hit by a, a runaway tractor or a bus or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. So, yeah, I think none of us want to talk about that stuff, too. No. I think that's. No. And yeah. I think the only reason why I even am passionate about life insurance yeah. and wanting to dip into those conversations is because I buried a mom who mm-hmm. didn't have life insurance. Yeah, yeah. But not just that. I also grew up in the funeral home industry. Yeah. So I grew up hearing about sure. families that were, you know, what's the colloquial Midwest expression, robbing Peter to pay Paul yes, to pay yes. for a, a funeral. Absolutely. Or, like in our case, we were legitimately trading goods and services to get my mom in the ground sure. by that Saturday sure. kind of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, even then, um, you know, with my dad, it was like he could have moved money around, but, you know, the funeral home was like, okay, you know, just wait till life insurance comes in. And, you know, but that is not always no. the case. And that was, you know, our, luckily our local hometown has known my dad for 50 years kind of people, but not everybody has that. And, you know, and I right. certainly understand the funeral home has to have policies in place oh, as well. Exactly. So, yeah. And they are, uh, they're not here to be. Right. It's a business. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a sad business, but it's a business for Correct. sure. For Correct. sure. Um, yeah. So um, what and I kind of switching gears a little bit because I think, you know, obviously you want to protect yourself. Um, and uh, let me backtrack on that just for a second. So I see that with property all the time. So sure. someone will be coming in, um, you know, gone through a divorce and I want to, you know, I want to stay in my house. Well, most of the time, if you're married, we can get that worked out. But, you know, there's property payouts to consider. Right. You know, there's. I have a couple um, that I was chatting with and they they were able to buy a house from a family member for very inexpensive. So it appraised for a lot higher. Well, then now they're splitting up. Well, how do you how do you divide that equity? And that's, you know, something that sometimes attorneys have to get involved with and that kind of thing, too. But, yeah, I think you're exactly right. But even, you know, cars, it may be, you know, when you go to buy a car and you just kind of decided to do it. And so you threw your husband on there and then, you know, that's a problem later on. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Unraveling car loans. Yes. So, 
I mean, it, it is a mess. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and you know, and I find that most people don't want to do this kind of paperwork stuff. So it's not no. it's not something anybody wants to try to deal with or, you know, things like that for no. sure. But that being said, it's kind of like the old. I don't want to break up with him because all my CDs are in his truck. Yeah. It's like, no, if it's still a, a bad situation for you, please get, get out, out of it. Of it Absolutely. And, and, this and all of this is work workoutable, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, it, mm-hmm. you know, it can, it, you know, it can cause credit issues. It can cause, you know, I rarely see somebody out of a divorce that doesn't have some kind of ding to their credit, even if it's sure. amicable, even if. You know, they kind of had their ducks in a row. It just, for whatever reason, seems to happen that way. So another thing, um, speaking to that, I just randomly thought about yeah. this. Depending on the carrier, mm-hmm. make sure that when you do move on from a marriage, that you are coded as or being rated as divorced versus single. Oh, okay. Because you actually, I know it sounds bizarre, but you get a little bit better of a rating having been married and now divorced versus never been married at all. We have a very old school yeah. country, yes. very just traditional. Yeah. And in a way, a lot of those things are set up. Yeah. And so, like I said, it, it depends on the carrier. Some right. of them rate them the same. Some sure. of them have caught up to yes. 2023. Because of what year it is. <laughs> yeah. No. But no, some of them are still very much like the divorcee is going to have a better rate than the single person yeah. who never got married. Which just kills me. And I, I we noticed that. So um, my husband was on a previous podcast and I shared that he's eight years older than me. Ooh. So, but when we got married, just him getting married, you know, he was 30, I think he was 35, no, somewhere, somewhere around in there. Anyway, he was, he was early 30s mm-hmm. and I was, a, I was in my early 20s and his insurance went down and he's like I don't understand how marrying someone (laughs) eight years younger than me makes my insurance premium go down but it did and it was that married you know but I I definitely agree with the you know our our demographics on our mortgage um, Mm -hmm. application have not caught up Um, you know they still title things husband and wife you know that kind of a thing so it's just just what we we you and I have to work with unfortunately and it's not necessarily like oh here's my opinion on the matter it's just I mean I would yeah I would be interested to see how long it takes before like the mortality tables used for life insurance say something other than male or female. Yeah, absolutely. Because we are still using old school mortality yeah. tables. I mean, they get updated with right. new data, but but still it's yeah. like okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um well, kind of along with that. So, um what's the biggest red flag you see if like somebody brings an insurance policy to you and you're like either a red flag of you're paying way too much or a red mm-hmm. flag of this coverage stinks, whatever sure. that case may be. Well, and so I know it probably varies for different kinds it, of insurance. It does, too. And there's lots of different like, ooh, we need to fix this mm-hmm. kind of opportunities there. I would say the biggest is when somebody who has thought to themselves, like, I don't want to deal with another human. I just want to go online and get yes. this myself. Yes. Well, when you go online and I won't name any carriers because mm-hmm. I'm certainly not here to disparage sure. anybody, sure. but a lot of them, when you buy a policy online, strip your coverages yeah. down. They give you state minimum coverage, which I could spend an entire hour podcast yeah. <laughs> talking about all of the reasons why that's not enough. Sure. But but not only that, they give you state minimum coverage and then they strip everything else away. So I may be looking at their policy and it says, you know, for example, in the state of Indiana, 25,000 in bodily injury per person, 50,000 per accident, 25,000 property damage. Those are the state mm-hmm. minimums. But then it'll have like nothing else. They won't even have uninsured motorist mm-hmm, protection mm-hmm. underinsured so i guess uh, that long walk for a short drink yeah, of water to say yeah. 
it's the folks that go online because they don't want to deal with a human. Sure. And they get these crap policies sure. is what's happening. And yeah. so then they come in and, and they may be getting a really great rate mm-hmm. online, but they're just like, oh, I don't know. I kind of want to shop. I want to save some money. Sure. So they do get a little bit of a sticker shock when a real human looks at that and mm-hmm. says, you know, I'm not trying to to upsell you upsell yeah. you yeah. this isn't like you're not in the the checkout and i'm like but go ahead and throw in that like yeah. snickers bar yeah. no this is actual protection that you need right right and um and so they do get a little bit of sticker shock there when, yeah. when we increase their coverages and actually make it more of a an advisor relationship mm-hmm. and that's the other thing you know i i know technically per the state of indiana i'm considered a producer i'm an agent mm-hmm. i'm not really a fan of either of those terms yeah. because those terms sound like i'm trying to like sell things to people yeah. and that's actually the least favorite right. part of my job right, right, right. yeah uh, but more the advisor insurance yeah. advisor is what i love yeah and i love that too because i mean and I, I try to do that because i see a lot of homeowners policies come across my desk like yeah. okay if you're buying a ninety thousand dollar house and you slide me a three thousand dollar a year homeowners insurance policy i'm gonna stop and question that because right. that seems high to me yes now there are probably nine trillion things that go into Correct. that f- policy, and that may be true. But you know, I've also had a case of well, once we had an actual human being look at it, it was eight hundred a year. So oh, you right. know what I mean. So it's like okay, <laughs> or, or same thing. And I think feel like, feel like you probably get into this too. So somebody will come to me and say, okay, I want to buy a house, mm-hmm. and how much can I afford? And so I say to them, okay, well, according to your debt to income ratio, you know, I had a gal call me this morning, you can afford a payment that is $2,600 a month for your house payment. Now, is that what you want to spend? And most of the time, it's absolutely not. No. That's not what I want to spend. <laughs> and if anyone's listening out of state, we're talking Indiana, and it's very cheap to live here. I should give that disclaimer because some people are like, I would love a $2,600 mortgage. Um, but yeah, so I think with insurance as well, you're the one, you know, I can put a policy in place for you if you're just diehard, you know, you want your payment, you want, you know, right. policy under $900 a year. But if you get hit or your tr- tree falls on your roof and you're stuck with a $5,000 deductible, for some people that might be okay. For a lot of people, that's a problem. So, you, yeah. I, and in so many cases, it truly is. They are putting in a little bit of money each month because they wanted to save a buck mm-hmm. to then one day when they have a really, really bad day, yeah. they're handed a Band-Aid for a bullet hole yeah. is what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll share my own insurance story on this. So we have, and I feel like I've talked about my house on every <laughs> podcast we've had, but we have a really old house. It was built in 1847. Um, it's older than the town of Yorktown here that we're oh my in. Goodness. So it's, I mean, it's old and weird and it's been Your added on to. Your predates the Civil War. It does. Yes, we're coming i'm gonna have a 200th anniversary party for it here in a few years but it's well so we have this really old barn and i knew it needed a new roof like it just absolutely did sure and so i had a quote done 14 grand and this was several years ago when 14 grand was like you know half of what i made in a year kind of a thing so i knew that okay so let me just kind of wait it out see what you know might get it repaired if needed but the whole thing just needed to replace wouldn't you know a tree fell on that roof and I didn't I didn't make that happen it just happened <laughs> and so you know insurance covered everything on that because they even paid my dad $500 to chop up the wood from the tree that fell so oh, that you know awesome. we had the insurance we needed and so I think I know insurance is hard it's kind of like a home inspection with you know with Correct. buying a house yes you're paying money 
for this thing that may or may not happen. Right. However, when and we it hope happens, it doesn't happen. Absolutely, by the way. we hope absolutely. for your sake you never have to use. Yes, us. absolutely. And you know, same with that home inspection. Yes, it's probably four hundred dollars out of your pocket when you go to buy that house. But if you find out that there's, you know raccoons living in right. some part of the house that nobody knew or I had um, a realtor on and she had snakes in her breaker box just things that sound like a movie it does it absolutely <laughs> does but you know box. what I mean it just you know when that you know you just yeah. that peace of mind I think is worth you know is worth evaluating in your mind like the dollar value of sure. that peace of mind I think for sure is, is absolutely that. and so I guess kind of talking from that standpoint and you kind of mentioned it earlier so you said that and I know I knew credit kind of goes into your thing a little bit what else would cause somebody's premium to go way way up on either auto or home insurance if if you pull a quote for them sure so are you talking about year over year or they're a brand new customer they're kind of a brand new customer shopping around yeah so so many i mean there are so many rating variables there's probably 600 Mm -hmm, or so mm -hmm. but kind of the main ones uh, pay history. Okay. So you have what's called an insurance score, which, yeah. again, every carrier has their own version of Probably that. Probably similar to a credit score where all it, these pieces go into it, it I'm it, guessing. It yeah. is, but it's like you could be a 41 with this carrier, which is like in the top tier, mm-hmm. or you could be a 312 with this one over here, gotcha. and that's their top tier. <laughs> yeah. The numbers are they kind don't of all love, over the place, Yeah, you too. can't pull, have your insurance score pulled to know right, what it is. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, and so insurance score is a biggie. That That one has to do with pay history. Like, have you always been consistent about making your insurance payments? Have you been canceled for Mm non-payment? That kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, So that would be your insurance score. Your insurance score is also based on how many losses and violations and things have you had. So certainly not just um, having your own claims against you. I think I would like to think people presume that's going to affect mm-hmm. their insurance rate, but sure. maybe they don't. Maybe they don't all assume that that's that because they may be thinking, well, I pay for this, so yeah. that's what the insurance is yeah, for. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, that's very true, except now you are looked at as a riskier human sure. to take on. Sure. So that's that's quite a bit of it, too. But um, nowhere I was going with that was just... You know, as people have violations, Mm -hmm. as people have incidents that happen to them throughout the year, maybe they file bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Those kind of things all come into play when it comes to insurance score and rating. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense. And going back to that same tree falling story that I Mm -hmm. shared, we did look at changing our carrier about a year later. And my agent said, you need to you need to wait another 12 months before we do this. And it was because we had that claim. Exactly. You want to try to after you've had a claim. And you've used your insurance. And unfortunately, what's sad is that's when people find out. In your case, you you were in good shape. Yes. But some other people find out, oh, my goodness, my carrier so-and-so did not pay out. I have crap insurance. I want to change. Sure. And it's like, well, you've just had a claim. And even if it got like denied or if they didn't pay out to the point mm-hmm. that you wanted them to, you have a claim on your record. Sure. So hang tight. I know you're not happy with where you're yeah. at. But it, you, it will benefit you to wait a little bit yeah. to switch. And I, I mean, I keep, feel like I keep comparing it, but credit scores are the mm-hmm. same thing. I have people and I'm like, if you can just wait six months, you're going to be in such a better spot, you know? And, it, and right. I tell people that I can get you in a crappy loan right now, or we can work on this, this, and this. And in six months, you're buying your dream house. So, you know, people just yeah. have to kind of wait. And I know sometimes you do, you don't have a choice. You got to go right now. Absolutely. But it, again, that's when you have to pay more. That's when you have to, you know, do those kinds of things for sure. Well, and I think, and this 
is kind of its own separate topic here, but I think you could also be able to weigh in on how much financial literacy just isn't out there for people, Uh especially banking, insurance. These are things that are not taught in school. They're not made, Mm -hmm. um, I guess the the information is not made very public or common to people. So I end up with a lot of folks who truly just didn't have auto insurance for a few years because they, you know, decided to spend their money elsewhere Mm -hmm. instead, but they did not realize how lucky they were that they weren't in an accident during that time. And if they had been, what would have happened? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that whole thing goes back to you don't know what you don't know. And that is... I feel like 90% of finances. And so I think that's why it's important to get an advisor that's going right. to sit down. And and I feel the same way about mortgages. I am not, if I sit down with you and you're just absolutely freaking out about the idea of buying a house, I'm not going to say, hey, realtor, go show them houses tonight. Like we're going to sit <laughs> right. down and walk right. through the process, make sure you're comfortable, you know, all of that kind of sure. thing because it's, it's crazy. But yeah, it, <laughs> I don't know. It's, Yeah. And I feel I, this is a completely side question. I'm just going to ask your opinion on yeah. this. So when it comes to insurance companies, I feel like there for a while, like when I first started doing mortgages, there were certain companies that were kind of seen as like the fly by night. Like, oh, that's, you know, maybe they're the companies that have the the major TV commercials, that kind of thing. But sure. I feel like those have really evolved into legitimate, like great deals for people in some instances. Would you say that's the the case? Absolutely. So I would go back and I would say, you know, a lot of these major carriers, even if they're smaller regional ones, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily classify them as fly by night even back then. Mm -hmm. They just maybe seemed that way. They maybe seemed a little smarmy or something. Yeah, absolutely. But no, they they're all kind of backed by regulatory Mm -hmm. bodies and, you know, that's the boring part yeah. of it is is that there's always some bigger entity or institution that can step in and and pay out those claims if, take if there's care an of that. issue yeah. but yeah. um but that being said they have kind of all gotten into this um competitive space mm-hmm. where you know, you have a ton of carriers out there that nobody's ever heard of. They only work with agents mm-hmm. and they don't do any commercial advertising. Yeah. yeah. And they are just as good yeah. as anybody using a lizard or an emu. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, and they, <laughs> just, love that. they yeah. just aren't paying for the advertising. Yeah, for absolutely. It. And I, yeah, because there's, there's been a few that I've seen come across my desk. I'm like, I've literally never heard of this company. And, right. um, and I don't know, it, it, as far as your um, office that you work in, I'm guessing you have the ability to shop multiple yes. companies. Companies. We yes. haven't talked about that at all. So that that's another benefit to a human being is you're not Correct. you're not just going on to xyzinsurancecompany.com and getting whatever they give you. And that that being said, you know, we can we can definitely shop around, find something that's going to work out. One other thing going back to mistakes people make mm-hmm. in the industry the, on the consumer side yeah. because you don't know what you don't right, know. Right, yeah. Is they do what's called churning themselves. Okay. Where every 6 months, every 12 months they shop again and they go over here mm-hmm. and then they move again and they go over here. And sure. what they're doing is they look to an insurance carrier like a riskier person to take okay. on okay. because they're not loyal yeah. to anybody. They're just changing every six months or changing every 12 months. Yeah. So that's another thing. If you're in a decent enough policy, stay put yeah. for a couple of years. Ride out a couple increases if they're not like mm-hmm. completely sure. making it so that you can't yeah, if, if your premium's doubling, yeah. that's a different discussion right. than 50 right. bucks a year kind of right. a thing. But that being said, we have seen, um, especially on homeowners' rates, right now, 
uh, they're estimating that the average cost for building materials is about between 150 and 200 dollars per square foot mm-hmm. that used to be like a hundred sure so that's another reason why people's homeowners insurance rates are right. just the replacement cost has gone up the building yeah. materials are so expensive yeah. I uh, volunteered on a habitat build last year and the contractor that was on site said he was talking about a particular piece and again this is how little I know yeah. about home improvement <laughs> okay. or anything I'm right there the with fact you that I was there was funny yeah. enough because like, I was I have a hammer, hammer. Yep. incorrect <laughs> Um, but no, he said, you know, this piece of plywood or whatever it was yeah. is normally $3 a sheet. Mm-hmm. And when I got these for this build, it was $18 a sheet. Yeah. So that to me, sh- I mean, that was just a very small example to yeah. show me that's why prices are just going nuts. Absolutely. And I'm just going to throw it out. And I don't mean to demean anyone's intelligence by saying this, but the way insurance works, if this has never been explained to you, is let's say a company, we'll call them X Insurance. So X Insurance has all of their customers paying premiums. Those are all put into a pool so that when they right. have to pay out, that's the pool that gets paid out. So, and I think even I've seen a couple people, not not tremendously, but the hurricanes that have happened. The right. you know, I, and I've seen a lot of friends that live in Florida. Their their insurance companies dropping them completely for no other reason than where they live. And oh, so yes. you know, things like that are happening. Carriers um, are pulling out. Of yeah, Florida and California majorly yeah. right. Yeah, now. just because of you know. And can any of us do anything about a hurricane or a mudslide or an earthquake or any of those things? Or a no. wildfire? Yeah. No. So you know, that's that. But I think that has a ripple effect for sure. Even here in the middle of Indiana, where all we have to worry about is the occasional tornado right. and maybe a flood if you live on a lake or a river. You know, it's, it's still there's some back backlash with that absolutely. Too. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. If they've seen a whole bunch of claims and losses in a particular area, it it's, doesn't make it fair or right. But the reality is those of us in Indiana are paying for the mm-hmm. wildfires in California. Yeah. We just are. Right. I mean, that is what's Absolutely. happening. Yeah. I mean, it's it's no different than the taxes we pay on things right. we don't use. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's life and, you know. Some of that stuff, as long as I know up front, okay, because I'm probably getting a benefit somebody else is paying for somewhere along the way. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, it's like you said, it's just the reality of it and that kind of a thing, too. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. So we talked about how you are a master networker. So I know you have a couple of like young professional groups and different networking groups that you're a part of there in Warsaw. How would you say, I mean, this is for kind of a discussion for our friends that are listening that have their own businesses. How's that networking really grown your business? Or, you know, like you said, you moved to a completely new area. I'm guessing you didn't know a ton of people when you moved there. So no, when when we first moved there, we closed on our house in September of 2021. What year are we in right now? 2023. Yeah, so it would have been 2021 because I've lived there about a year and a half now. Um, I only knew my husband, my in-laws, and then a few of my husband's best friends from high school. Okay. Okay. That was it. Yeah. And so I'm coming into an area trying to – and at that point, I owned my own agency. I have Mm -hmm. since – you know, partnered with. Yeah. Um, and by the way, that was the best move I could have done oh, because I get yeah. to learn under someone who's been in the awesome. industry for 35 years. Yeah. So I, I don't feel like I'm going it alone And it's anymore. nice to not be on an island sometimes. Oh my goodness. Yes. And it's yes. nice to have, as an extrovert, coworkers. Yeah. Like, there is something to be said yeah. about going into the break room, making your little K-pod. Yeah, doing and a little chit-chat like, on the way. Talking yeah. about <laughs> the fact that you watched Big Brother last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Those are all things I miss. Yeah. You yeah. know, living or... Um, Working remotely and being on my own. But anyway, I 
joined everything I could. Yeah. And it wasn't just because it's like, well, I want to grow my business and I want to be rich and I want to sell to these Mm -hmm. people. No, what it was for me was I am just such a, I mean, going back to like evolutionary, you know, facts about humans. I am such a tribal person. Like I need my community. I need my people. And at that time, like I said, I didn't have coworkers. I was mm-hmm. working with every day. So the same or the, you know, 15, 20 people I saw at this meeting and then the 10 people I saw over here, those were my yes. coworkers in an essence. Yeah. But it also has to do with the fact that I joined things. I know I said I joined everything, which is yeah. kind of true. But I also am super passionate about a handful of different um, organizations or different yeah. people groups that yeah. are disenfranchised or need extra yeah, help. Yeah. So I found organizations or nonprofits locally that worked with them. Mm-hmm. And so be passionate about it and care about it makes it worth everything. And then it's just like the extra sprinkles if somebody yeah. I met there sends me their business. Yeah, but absolutely. that so is not the reason why I got absolutely. into it. It just has. And I think people can tell that about me. You know, mm-hmm. you can tell about a person if they're here to sell. Absolutely. Or if they're here because mm-hmm. they care. Yeah. And I think that's what's and I'll, I'll put in a plug because I've, I've also been very successful with networking groups and that kind of thing. And it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I just I'll use our attorney as an example. I had a couple of questions for him and then that evolved into natural business. So then it evolved into him setting up an LLC for me. Then he did our sure. wills and our, you know, power attorneys yeah. and all those kinds of things. So. You know, I think that stuff happens organically and it feels so much better when it happens organically because you're right. It's not like, hey, let me sell you my, you know, let me slip slip back my hair and sell you what I have to sell you because nobody. I got this 1994 Toyota Camry. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Doesn't run, but you'll love it. 500,000 miles. It's great. Um, Well, and like, so, you know, I joined a bunch, but then I ended up, you know, I wasn't, and this is not me disparaging major national networking groups mm-hmm. that are out there. But I was also part of one of those. So, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. They're not my favorite. Right. I don't like the whole forced attendance, mm-hmm. forced leads. Yes. Forced leads is probably the worst part of it for yeah. me because the lead that someone, someone has been made to bring that week mm-hmm. It's going to be crap. Right. Like, I would right. rather somebody come to me because it's, oh, it's Amanda. I trust her. Right. I enjoy her. I want her to do my insurance. Not Amanda sits in a group with me once a week. So yeah. I better, I, I better I throw to, her. Yeah, I have yeah. to toss this over to her. Um, and we also didn't do any kind of like, or I didn't like the categorical exclusivity mm-hmm. because I'm big on, you know, I was new to the industry. Iron sharpens iron. I want to be around other insurance right. agents. Right. Because I want to learn things that I shouldn't do and things that I should do from others that are playing in that space. And so I started my own networking group, which exploded and it, and I think it exploded because there was such a want for things Mm -hmm. that were not forced anything. It was just come, let's have fun. You know, I let it. And so we kept it very warm and friendly. And, um, at one point we, we could have four or five other insurance agents in the room and I was just tickled pink. I didn't care. Yeah. I love that. And I, I feel like that is also, I hate the term safe space just because I think it's overused, but I feel like those kind of groups are also a safe space for people like me that are introverts. And it's like, there is no, you know, I would never just call your office and show up. That's not my style. 
the thought of doing that makes me want to puke. But every week, if I'm sitting by somebody, I can make some small talk. I can chit chat. You know, I right. something I share. Somebody comes up and asks me a question. Those conversations are so much more organic that way. Absolutely. Um, and I'm the type of person like I'll file something away. Like, oh, how'd your daughter's you know dance recital go? Or right. those are the kind of things that connect you to people. And then you're you're exactly right. And I I don't know how you feel about this, but I think my biggest compliment in my business is when someone refers me a family member. Like. Yeah. They want you to take care of their child or their parent. That is or, a huge deal. Yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of the ice. That's the sprinkles for me yes. on that because it's like, okay, yes. that that's huge. The people who have entrusted me to do the life insurance policies for their kids mm-hmm. is like, you know, maybe they, they were already pretty squared away with where they were talking yeah. about the adults. But then they're like, I know you're also passionate about getting kids in policies because of how inexpensive it yeah. is and they let me do it and they, they and, and it's the same kid that I may have babysat or yeah, played with yeah absolutely it, so it's, it's yep. just full circle it really is it really mm-hmm. is and that feels so you know and even then it's like gosh you know especially if it's someone I respect as a professional and like I would say right. my own family too it's like okay this is yeah. this makes me feel so good so yeah absolutely. I love that I love that well I'm going to finish this up here with a couple of fun questions for okay. you and I prepped you ahead of time so hopefully it's not too bad but one of them <laughs> so Amanda does stand up comedy which I think is so 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 cool so what is that like how did you get into that Uh, you know what what do you feel when you walk onto a stage to do that or do you plan I'm so curious about your process with that so in my family growing up Mm -hmm. you kind of had to be funny to make it at the dining room table okay and if you were not gonna like be witty and play Uh you were the butt of the jokes that whole night. Gotcha. And that so sounds I, like my husband's family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I basically was a fast learn as gotcha. far as, as that goes. Quick um, wit as quick, that goes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, I also, I mean, I was raised on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Chris Farley. Oh. I mean, just like Adam Sandler. I mean, the I, golden age yes, of Saturday Night Live. Yes. And I love comedy. And so I just, I always loved, I loved that I could make a very awkward or uncomfortable or painful or, Mm -hmm. you know, throw in any other negative adjective here space, something that could be a joy just because even if I only have one joke that landed that whole time, like me and this other person hung out together, yes, they're going to remember and I'm kind about it. You know, I I don't punch down with my humor. Right. Right. I would never. For me, it's more like I want you to feel good about the conversation we just had versus, yeah, well, she just did like 15 jokes about my weight. So do I really have a weight? I would right. never. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That is right, not right, right, my style right, right. Yeah. at all. I love yeah. that, though. That's <laughs> so fun. So do you go, I mean, do you go to, I know you've done like on a stage. Is that yes. something you just mm-hmm. do locally or you um, just kind of pick up as you hear about it? or uh, Kind of both. Okay. So when I lived in Indianapolis, I performed at the comedy clubs there. Okay. And I won one of the competitions, which was really fun. Uh-huh. Um, but no, since I've lived in Warsaw, there's not a huge comedy scene. Sure. There is one improv troupe that I'm going to do some things with Very cool. um, in the next few months. But for the most part... It's joining up with open mics where it's me as like the lone comedian of the everybody night else and everybody little, else is a singer song songwriter. You, yeah. <laughs> and so it's, that's been funny, too, because there was one particular week that it was like a guy got up there and did five songs about um, 
his battle with wanting to unalive himself. Oh, wow. And then they said, all right, next up, we have Amanda. <laughs> Amanda's cracking jokes yeah. for and I'm us. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool, though. I'm, you know, again, my introvert is like, oh. I can't imagine getting up on stage. Well, just like our, our mutual good friend, Christina, and I know she listens to the podcast, so shout out to her. But, you know, yeah. she she's an amazing singer and will just get up and like, belt out some karaoke and i'm like absolutely not which is funny because (laughs) then if a stranger tries to sit down and have a conversation with her she's like no she's like no "No, i will be shutting down now thank you (laughs) so so funny but uh, well and then my last funny kind of question for you and this Mm -hmm. has been a hard i've asked a couple other people it's been kind of hard so if your life were a movie what movie would you describe your life as Ooh, i know that is, a I know, one. it's hard. It's almost like if if you were a pop tart, what kind of color would you? What flavor would you be? <laughs> Brown sugar soda. Yeah. But no, <laughs> see that for, one, you, that for, one you got. Yeah, yeah, for movie, I I often think about myself as being in a movie, but one that's like being written as uh-huh. I go. So not one that already exists. Gotcha. But like gotcha. Sometimes I'll so be it'll be the Amanda Sauter movie when yes. you're done. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I want um, Melissa McCarthy to play me. Okay. Or Excellent. possibly Rebel Wilson. Also, both yeah. very good choices. So see, I'm. I feel like my life is Bridget Jones's diary somewhat. So I get you. Okay. It's like I need a little self-deprecation in my, you know. Yes. <laughs> and it would be a funny movie. So, yes. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, Amanda, this has been so fun. Yes. I appreciate you made the trip down here to be oh, on the podcast. Thank and you be for in, having yeah, me. Yeah, this was awesome. Um, do you have any social media that you'd like to shout out here on the podcast uh, or anything like that? I don't know if you're sure it's or otherwise. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm trying to grow my... Uh, I have an insurance Instagram account called That Funny Insurance Lady. Okay. So I've been trying to grow awesome. that a little awesome. bit more. Yeah. I also have my Lighten Up with Amanda, which was more comedy and weight loss. Okay. So, awesome. um outside of that, I do I'm kind of a boomer where I live a lot on Facebook. Yeah, so add I, me on Facebook. I'm this yeah. Okay. So that you heard it here. So if you get a random ad, like well, did you listen to the podcast? Who are you? What's yeah, going on? Exactly. So, <laughs> awesome. Well, just to kind of wrap up, so I'm a mortgage lender. I love when things close. So to kind of close this out, I just kind of want to go over some three takeaways that I've got just from chatting with you. Um, one, I think the biggest one, you don't know what you don't know. Um, right. So it's okay to ask and it's okay to find that person that can help you and will be willing. If somebody's not, to me, if somebody's not willing to, willing to sit down and explain things to you, that's a red flag for right. sure. For sure. Um, preparing, a second, kind of preparing yourself, um, just kind of double checking your stuff, making sure you're, at least you know who's on the house, who's on the cars, who's on the bank accounts. Is there a bank account, you know, that you don't know that exists or, you know, some things like Mm -hmm. that. And are you all named on the policies? Yes. Yes. And policies and Mm -hmm. with that as well, for sure. Um, And then, yeah. And I think the biggest thing, and I'm really embracing this, especially this year too, but it's okay to be you and your business. Absolutely. Because somebody needs you and somebody wants to work with you, I think is so important to remember. So, well, awesome, Amanda. Thanks again. Um, Amanda's been here in my purple chair. We'll have somebody else next week. So thanks again. Thank you so much for listening to Deadbeats, Divorces, and Dividends, A Woman's Guide to Real Estate and Finance with me, your host, Laura Mickler. D3 is produced by Kristen Pickett and recorded and edited at Winter Freeze Records by Aaron Winter. See you next week for my purple chair.